The Forum at 8 on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Well, uh, seven minutes after eight, thanks for tuning in to the Forum at eight. And thanks for staying with us if you've been with us since 6 a.m. If you've just joined us, thanks for tuning in. And uh, time now to take a look at uh, the story that, um, and, and it's not one story, it's not one narrative. Um, it is something that has really captured our hearts and minds and not in a good way. And we have been feeling under siege as a country uh, because of what has been going on, especially as it relates to the death, the abduction and just the brutality that is visited against our women and children in our society. And since the tragic death of Karabo Mokwena, um, news and social media platforms have been bombarded uh, by people uh, posting uh, pictures of missing persons. And one of the comments that came through earlier said, um, you know, we're sitting at 31. Here it is. It's from at Africa Spring says 31 bodies of women in one week. And this is what we know of. So if this isn't a crisis, what is? So what are we going to do about all of this? What's going on as a nation? If you have any suggestions, if you know how we can forge ahead, give us a call on 891 You can SMS us on 40938, charged at 150 per SMS, or you can tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. Now, a recent study by the South African Medical Research Council has revealed that intimate partner violence is widespread in the country. 8% of women who were interviewed conceded and um, that they have experienced physical violence in the past year. One in five reporting that they experienced physical intimate partner violence in their lives. Uh, Social um, Development Minister Batabile Dlamini has called on the minister responsible for women, um, Susan Chabangu, to do something about the minimum sentence for those who are convicted of violent crimes against women. And many of you have come out saying maybe we should revisit talk around the death penalty. So that speaks to a frustration of a greater, you know, punitive uh, penalties against the perpetrators of these heinous crimes. And uh, this morning we continue this discussion about violence against women and children. And uh, we'll take your calls, 891 But let me introduce our guests uh, this morning. We have with us in studio here, Gashwal Brooks, who is the spokesperson for the Human Rights Commission. Thanks for coming through. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners, of course. And we also have uh, Gauteng MEC for uh, Community Safety, um, MEC Sizagele uh, Nkosi Malobane. Thanks for your time this morning. And we also have uh, Major General uh, Tibelo uh, Musikidi, who's a national head of family violence, child protection and sexual offences with uh, the South African Police Services. Thanks for your time as well, Major General. Thank you, Sakina. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. So uh, what a horrible time it is in our country and a very serious conversation that we need to have. But let me also just um, squeeze in an email uh, because I want us to also, as we frame this discussion, to bear this in mind. And the person asked to remain anonymous says, Greetings, Sakina. It is of great concern that I write you this email. Firstly, I want to send my condolences to the family of uh, Karabo Mokwena and the others in South Africa who have lost their loved ones uh, by brutal means. 
Sakina, the killings of our sisters, mothers and nephews is uncalled for and should be punished fully by the might of the law. On the forum at 8 the other morning, I was listening to the show. It was very good. I wanted to call you and voice my opinion, uh, but I was so distraught to a point where I felt I'd rather write this letter and I hope you read it on your show because I feel like the country needs to hear me. As a young boy, um, we are in a situation where we feel neglected when it comes to employment opportunities, economic opportunities, social opportunities, and the law society, including education sector, we are neglected. Sakina, I'm not excusing these killings uh, uh, in the situation. I once went for an interview and I had the necessary qualifications, but I was told that the job is only open for women. Um, And when I asked why, I was told uh, it is time that as boys, we take a step back and allow women to access opportunities. Imagine how angry we are at that response. Uh, There are a lot of men who are sitting behind bars for raping and they did not even commit those rapes because a woman somewhere somehow accused them of rape and the police won't even listen to you uh, because uh, once a woman says this, you'll be arrested because a woman has cried and lied about a young man raping her and you become the laughing stock and what else can you feel than to be angry and to want revenge? Sakina, everywhere we go, you look for opportunities and they are there, but you'd be told priority will be given to girls and to women. And there are even bursary schemes that are being set up specifically for girls and not for us. Why? South Africa has been receiving warning signs that boys are angry and that they are about to explode but no one takes note. I urge you specifically to talk to SAFM and to host a forum for boys to sit down and talk to us so that we can explain to you why we are angry. I am angry, and I'll tell you what I'm angry about. This is my plea, because, Sakina, we are in a situation where we don't care about whether we get arrested or not, because it's better to be in jail where you'd have an opportunity to study than to sit at home and do nothing. So I actually just wanted to share that with you as Mm. we kick off this discussion, just to broaden our, um, you know, horizon on this particular matter, because I think we've been very inward looking, you know, we've been very narrow in our focus on these matters. But here's a young man who says he's angry. And if it means going to prison, he'd rather go there because at least he'd be able to study for free as opposed to sitting at home. Gashel, let me start with you. Well, I think that in as much as there's anger, uh, and I think across society for many reasons, I mean, Sakina, being a talk show host, you know that we talk about people's anger at the lack of economic opportunities. We talk about people's anger at uh, poverty and all kinds of other things. But simultaneously, I think that if we also socialize and raise our boys in such a way that they understand what is the plight of women and how women have been um, unable to access uh, job opportunities, education, the list and, and, and the fact that by mere virtue of an accident of nature and birth, uh, your gender and your sex determines what your opportunities are or the likelihood of your opportunities are in life. I think if that young man understood that, then he wouldn't be as angry. 
because then he would rather share in the anger of many women as well. Because the unfortunate fact of the matter remains that despite the fact that we have a constitution that provides for equality in Section um, uh, Section 8, of the, uh, or rather Section 9 of the constitution, which provides for uh, equality and non-discrimination on the basis of sex and gender, women still bear the biggest brunt. And I think part of the conversation that we should be having right now around the murders, around the rapes, around the kidnappings, as you highlighted at the beginning of the show, is the fact that there's other forms of discrimination and other forms of abuse that women go through on a day-to-day basis. But in short, the point is, is that anger in itself is not the solution. It's much rather understanding that as much as men as we feel disenfranchised, a lot of the time you find that women are equally, if not more, disenfranchised in a lot of areas and that they should actually be more angry than what we are. So, MEC, what's your take on that? And also, as a leader in society, especially at times like these, we look to you, to the leadership in the country, to provide the solutions, to provide a way forward uh, out of this mess. So what is your message at this time? Okay. Um, I can agree with, 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 with the response that anger is not going to solve our problems, but also uh, it is not true that women occupy all the powerful positions. The majority of the CEOs of this country are a of big companies in this country. Amen. And um, it is not about job opportunities. We now have equal opportunities. We all apply for jobs. We go for, for interviews, and if you are qualified, we make it. And rape is not about a lack of opportunities. Actually, rape is about people feeling that they are powerful. And it's also about greed sometimes, you know. Uh, or jealousy, where a person feels that he will rape a woman and to the point. For example, the woman that was, was raped in, 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 in my lady and killed is a very poor woman. She's a lesbian. And some friends of hers mm. wanted to prove a point. And in this case, mm. they wanted to prove a point to her that she was not a man, she was a, mm. she was a, 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 a woman. And those guys can't say that they don't have uh, uh, equal opportunities. She's poor, she's unemployed, uh, she's actually their friend. They were all from one place in, in, in a tavern. Yes, I agree with you that it needs us as leadership. Leadership, by the way, is not only those who occupy... Uh, uh, positions of power. Parents as well are leaders that need to live and uh, 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 to be a good example to our children. We need to occupy a space as leaders. Our behavior contributes on how other people um, behave. If, there, if we as leaders keep on divorcing and our divorce is actually uh, the public occupies the public uh, public uh, public space, obviously, the, the divorce rate will go up. If we con- uh, condone a wrong action, we are corrupt, obviously, we will see a spike on, 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 on wrong activity. But parents also understand that it is their job to actually educate their children, discipline their children, guide their children by making sure that the values that they communicate to their children are the values that they live, uh, 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 they live according to 
That line, not great there, the MEC's line. We'll try and get her back on a better line. Uh, but Major General, from the side of the police, and, and, and I hear what the MEC is saying about how these values need to be inculcated from, you know, the mother's lap, from home, um, when that child is born and how we raise our children. However, there is a responsibility that has to be assumed by leaders in the public space because that is what they are there for. If our communities are not safe, if our uh, children are not safe, if our women are not safe, who should be held accountable for that? And how do we go about creating safer spaces for us to live in as a nation? Thank you, Sakina. I, I think I will, I will agree with, with uh, my leaders there with you, uh, especially the MEC, that the leadership needs to, to show what is it that it, it, it needs to be done to, to address the issues and, and to assist the families. Because, like I'm saying, it, it, it also boils down to the fact that what is our moral fiber, what is it that is happening within our communities to teach the young boys that this is not the way to go and and like the MEC is saying Sakina the people that are getting raped are not those that have an opportunity or that are in the working space I mean a 15 year old child who is still going to 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 school you can't say uh, this is the person who has the opportunity and I do not have the opportunity and and the raising of of the boys and girls in the families it's it's one area that we need to also encourage and as leaders as leadership in the communities we need to take a stand we need to leave that so that our boys and girls as they grow up they see from the leadership that this is these are the things that are to be done these are the are the morals, the correct and right morals that we need to display to our communities. But if the leadership is, is failing them, if, if the leadership will get thought that the leaders has also engaged in some activities, then we we, 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 we encouraging the same boys that are growing up that, that this is the right thing to be done. This is what I can do and I will get away with it. On the police side, Sakina, I think we, we all know that the numbers of, of, of the communities will always, of the population, will always outnumber the number of police members that are on the ground. And if we have to respond and, 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 and patrol each and every area, we, we will be outnumbered by the numbers because these other issues are happening where they are very far from the public view. I mean, the issues of rape, the issues of, of, of killing of intimate partners will happen far away from the view of the communities, far away from the view of any other person except the few that will be the witnesses at the time when it is happening. But, if, but, but if, see, Major General, that I find concerning because uh, Gershwell Brooks from the Human Rights Commission, am I not guaranteed safety in this country you are as a constitutional imperative so therefore the police for one have a responsibility to make sure that i am safe by and large and that my um uh, uh, when i get into situations where i'm not safe that should be the exception not the rule but unfortunately ours is the other way around at the moment 
It's true. I mean, uh, we we given multiple rights within the Constitution that guarantees the safety of women. I mean, all the way through from dignity to safety and security of the person, all the way through mm. to equality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, and and with all due respect, I think, and and I think it's also the Commission's view that it's a bit difficult for us to turn around and to say that there aren't sufficient police or that police can't be in. Uh, every single situation. We do understand that, and I think that is uh, blatantly obvious. I think that what is important, though, is in those instances where we do find that rape has been, or any other form of sexual violence or abuse has been reported, that the police then deal with it effectively. I mean, yeah. starting from um, uh, the the uh, complainant arriving at the desk and, and being treated with the necessary sensitivity and care and that a docket gets open and the matter actually gets investigated and the person that she meets, for example, behind, behind the counter is perhaps another woman as opposed to a man that has a particular attitude towards her rape. The fact that uh, we've, we've seen many instances where women have gone to report rapes, where they've been asked questions like, what were you doing out that time of the night? Why were you wearing such a short skirt? It's your husband, it's your boyfriend. Why don't you cook better and that, that way you won't get beaten up? You know, these are some of the things that police, and I stress this, that our police have been giving to complainants and to uh, survivors of, of these types of, of crimes. So therefore, I think that we need to start there. The second step is, how well do we actually investigate these matters? Because, yes, rape is a very difficult uh, matter to prove in court because ordinarily and usually it involves the perpetrator and then perhaps, uh, and not perhaps, but the perpetrator and then the survivor. And then there are no other witnesses. But are we collecting sufficient ev- evidence uh, to be able to take the matter to court and to actually prove that a rape had been committed? Um, and when it comes down to sentencing, how are these people sentenced and, and for when they're found guilty? Are we, so, are we taking sufficient steps to make sure that rape, that there is a deterrent to say to men that do this type of thing or consider this type of thing that I will get into trouble and that I, it will have a severe impact on the rest of my days? So where do, would you say, Major General, um, uh, does the shortcoming lie? W- what are the police's main challenges in this regard? Sakina, I, I, I hear what, what your, your argument and, and that of, 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 of the, the guest is on, 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 on the matters of getting to the client service center and not receiving a, a, a expected a, a, a response from the police. We, we, we are having currently 183 units across the country of the trained and focused investigators of FCS related. We have a, a increased the number of victim-friendly facilities at the police stations to 1,052. So they are gradually increasing and we are having sensitive people that are sitting in those spaces that are trying to understand the plight that a woman who has been a victim of a violent crime is undergoing, both rape and domestic violence. So we are making sure that we do have enough resources just to close these gaps of the reports that it was insensitive when we are getting into the police station. On the issue of, and, and to increase the female police officers at the police stations, that is gradually, and with every intake, the number of, of females will be increased to make sure that we have enough. 
but we do not just want to have females handling the female cases because, again, it will lead to the issues of, of gender disparities. We want our males to also understand and be sensitive. Our investigators at FCS that are trained, that are focused, that are specializing, are not only women. We do have men that are investigating. And I must say, Sakina, without going uh, into details with the statistics, statistics, those that we take to court. I think FCS is one of the units in the whole South African police service with the gender uh, uh, relative cases that is recording the highest and harshest sentences. Only in, in 2014-15, after the, the, the review, the 2014-15, the review and, and resuscitating of the FCS units from 2010 going on by years, we had more than 826 persons who were sentenced to life imprisonment, and that number is gradually uh, increasing. But the argument will say, if we are sending so many people to prison, why are we still having the incidents that are reported and every time they are becoming more and more aggressive and more fatal. Well, we're going to take a few calls. MEC, I believe we do have you on a better line. We'll come back to you shortly. But let's just take a few of our listeners, 891 And this is a continuation of a discussion that we started last week about the violence uh, that we are seeing against women and children in our society. MEC, just hold that thought. I'll get back to you in a moment. Uh, Godfrey is calling from Stellenbosch. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Sakina. Welcome. Um, I'll be very quick and go straight to my point. And um, firstly, um, I, I want to say I share the same sentiment with the the, 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 the letter that you read this morning. For, I think, firstly, the root cause of this whole thing, we're not looking at it. Women are not a problem here. The problem is us, the men. And I think until, because we are the ones carrying out those actions, until we look at what the problem is and focus on the men and say what it is. And I think we need to go back again. Like when a mother gives birth and is a male child, how do we start raising that child? Because if we start now, then, because the police cannot just handle all those cases. So we should look at them, focus more on the men and say, what is the problem? Why are you guys like this? Why are you behaving like this? And with all those killing. Two days ago, I would have been a victim trying to protect another lady. This happened here in Peru, in Cape Town. I, I have the scar as I'm talking to you, protecting some another lady. I would have been, maybe that wouldn't have made headlines. But please, what happens when you catch these perpetrators, you send them to prison, and we start paying tax, taking care of them there, they feel much more at ease. I think the sentences should be harsh when it comes to killing or raping a woman. They should be put in hard labor. Um, I'm not really um, 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 fight, um, saying the death penalty should come back, but if that is what it takes, then that should be it. Again, why are we not hearing the voice of the likes of Baleka and Bete? She's only one of the highest positions in terms of um, um, women. She should have come out to say, we don't condone this because she's got a voice that people will listen to. She would have started the march and said, let's, let's look at how this is going to, how, how we can... Talk to how uh, we can reach out to the guys outside and see what their problem is. I think the best thing for me here, the prison sentence for these people is too easy. And we should go back to the root cause, which is guys. They are the ones. We are the ones carrying out those problems. 
The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And thanks for tuning in. And at the moment, uh, we are still uh, talking about this violence against women and children that sadly ends up in the loss of life very often, if not terrible emotional and physical scarring. And it's something that we need to wrap our heads around as a society and find a way out of because we cannot continue. I can't help but wonder whether we are just talking the talk once again Mm. because it is something that is in our faces once again. Mm. This is by no means new. We've been here before several times before Mm. and what has happened how many of the promises that were made the last time have actually been realized or do we just you know limp from one disaster to the next one crisis to the next without really you know coming up with meaningful solutions interventions to try and take care of this problem once and for all we're just paying lip service to it for now because it is the headline screaming story right now and if that is our attitude then we equally have a problem and yes people may raise problematic views i see many of you uh taking issue with the email that i read and hence i said we need to bring that in that perspective on this problem and i'm amazed at how many people have subsequently written agreeing with that saying that i'm a man and i am angry what do we do with that how do we deal with that in the broader context of the problem that we are addressing this morning. Uh, let me just get to the MEC very quickly, just to get a word in before I get back to the calls. Colin Lee, everybody else, I'll be with you shortly. MEC? Yes. Um, let me just respond about the issue of lack of resources at police stations. All our 142 police stations in Gauteng have got victim empowerment centers. The only challenge with the victim empowerment centre, this is something that you're looking uh, looking at. They are open during office hours, and when they're needed most, they are closed. Which is actually the night we are going to definitely change uh, the operating uh, operating times. We've also uh, trained detectives as forensic detectives to together with forensic social workers. And through that training and that deployment, there has been a, an improved in terms of cases that goes to court of people who have raped or killed um, killed women. The only challenge that you have with this country, and I think including the media, we don't make follow-ups on cases. We are actually making a lot of noise at the moment about mm-hmm. Lerabo, Muloyi, and everyone else. No one follow-ups those cases and find out exactly what happens at the end of the day? Remember, our criminal justice system is also very, a little bit slow. But the Rhodes case, there was a lot of noise. People made a lot of noise. People said the same thing that they're saying today. We made sure that the perpetrators are arrested. They go through trial. All of them, three of them that were found, got four life sentences and 15 years on top. So it is not true that if they are arrested and proper investigation is done, uh, they are actually set free. They are not. They go to prison, as indicated by Musikidi, that about 800 people that were, were actually found guilty of, of, of rape in this country uh, in the last financial year, they all got multiple life sentences. So they are harsh sentences. And maybe the difference is what do we do when they're actually behind bars, whether it's hard labor, etc., etc. That is a debate for another 
for another another time. So I'm requesting that structures like Human Rights Commission, etc., etc., visit police station and make an investigation on their own, do an oversight and check if some of the things that they're saying on the media are actually happening or not uh, not happening. But I also request them that they make a follow-up on those arrested. Majority of the people that committed the crimes that uh, in, in the last few weeks, they were all arrested. And we will make sure through the evidence that we have, because we are now cleverer, we know what to look for, and we'll make sure that they go behind us for a very, mm. very long time. And majority of them, I'm confident that they'll get life sentence. But the issue here is it mustn't happen. We need to protect our women. We need to protect our children from being victims of rape, victims of of crime. That is what we need to focus on. Our country should not, we should not always um, react. We must actually be proactive, myself included. We need to come up with programs that protect women and children from being victims. Because when they are victims, the scars, in, the scars are actually permanent for those that have been raped. And for those that have been killed, the scars on their families and community members are permanent. So what is important, our focus should be making sure that they don't become victims. Gashwal, you wanted to say something? What I just wanted to point out there is um, around the numbers that are being bandied about in terms of how many people have been convicted. Um, so let's take 800 people being convicted for, for, for the crime of, of, uh, of rape. Uh, I mean, that's, that sounds like a very good statistic. But I mean, taking into consideration that between, uh, and this is based on the police's very own crime statistics from uh, the 2015-2016 financial year. Uh, we had yeah. 42, between 42 and 43,000 um, rapes being reported, rapes being reported. So that is basically a success rate, conviction rate of 2%. So the issue here is not laying blame, but rather in addressing these issues. Because to be quite frank, five years ago when Anin Boyson was brutally murdered, and I think that we all remember that. We had this, mm. this exact same conversation. Mm. Mm. Yes. At the time, the Minister of Justice at the time promised 52 sexual offences courts ac- across the country. Say 52 at the time that were going to be built by the end of that particular year. My question to all the leadership in this particular instance is how many of those sexual offences courts have been built and are operational? Uh, so therefore, we, we, we have to, and, and I think Sakina, you hit the nail on the head when you made the, your, your comment early on. You're 100% correct. We keep on talking about this issue. And talk is clearly not enough. I mean, this morning I came here to address the issue of, is the, the death penalty the solution? It clearly isn't. And that is not just because um, I'm, I'm, I speak on behalf of the South African Human Rights Commission, because constitutionally we can't do it. The MEC as well as the Major General would understand that we can't go back on um, a, an international commitment that we've made in terms of human rights, that we will not be taking people's lives, that people have the right to life and dignity and so forth. But that we know is not the because you could kill as many people as you want. If someone feels that they're not going to go through a criminal justice system and actually be found guilty and therefore serve their time, in other words, 98% of people that have been accused of and have appeared in front of a magistrate for rape get away with it then why on earth would anyone be concerned around this issue? And why, why, why do you think we're not seeing any progress in this particular space when we have a 2% conviction rate? Major General? Let me correct the 2% conviction rate. This is referring to life terms 
only lifetimes. And within the lifetimes, there will be people that are receiving a prison conviction. The person who will serve years, depending on the number of years. So the reference was made only on lifetime, so it is not 2%. I, I cannot give that because I do not prepare to give that statistics now, but it's more than 2% conviction rate. But what I was referring to was only on one area of people that are saving lifetimes. And on, on, on the issues of uh, putting something in place, I, I cannot speak uh, uh, for the NPA, but there is a number of, of, of progress that has been made in the establishment and re-establishment of some of the sexual offences courts that were closed prior to 2010. So it is gradually growing. As we speak, Sakina, I am in, in Cape Town. We are having a, 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 a forum that is it's going to sit to be revisiting some of the programme of action that was put. That is monitored every quarter and this meeting was was organized prior to the current incidents that are happening we're sitting here with academia we're sitting here with with civil society with government departments to relook into what is it on the program of action that we still have gaps that we need to close off to make sure that we we do a, a deliver to to the expected how difficult is it then to have these centres uh, operating 24 hours a day? I mean, this is a conversation yes. that was had how many years ago? And today we are still talking about the fact that they're not running 24 hours. We, we having people that are on standby that can be contacted should the, the need arises. The FCS members at some places where there are TCC centers, the Tutuvela centers, they are working 24 hours mm-hmm. away, but it's very limited number because we do not have structures in place, and it is, again, within the Department of, of, of a, a Prosecuting Authority to, to establish that multi-purpose uh, functions within the, 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 their space of Tutuvela centers. But at the police station, as the MEC is right, it's rightfully saying, we, we are having volunteers that are working in those centers that are assisting and making sure that we do not expose victims for a secondary victimization. So during their operational hours, uh, victims will be referred to the victim-friendly facilities. After hours, if the need arises, we then have to call the person on a standby to come and attend to the victim. But yes, it is a challenge that if that particular individual does not have a, a vehicle, because most of them are run by the volunteers, not, not necessarily uh, uh, the police members as, as, as we would like to have them operating in those rooms, then it, it depends whether there, there is enough resources to go collect that particular individual to come to the police station and assist the victims as they can. MEC, I hope you're listening to that and you tell me if that is an ideal situation. We had a young woman here last week, 24 years old, was abducted, managed to, you know, to uh, throw herself out of that moving car, Mm. seriously injured, went to a police station and nothing came of it. The police were simply incapable and unwilling to help her. But let me take a few more calls. Mandla in Durban, good morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina, and your guest and the listeners as a whole. Morning, Manda. Uh, yes, you are speaking to Manda Mkumazul in Devon. Um, I will just try to sum it all in one minute or less. 
Firstly, the rape and killing actually of everybody because it's not only happening on women. There is male rape as well. I will mm. I will submit to say it's barbaric. It's wrong. It's unjustified. There is nothing there. But I think the main issues uh, to me, which are worth debate from all uh, 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 people, is the fact that in some instances we experience the situation whereby women abuse the protection that they are offered by the Constitution. For example, where they are falsifying the rape. Uh, I have uh, practical experiences in those situations where, where women will fake rape and then accuse people. They end up being uh, jailed for long in, in imprisonment for nothing. And those things are, are a problem of which I think maybe as a society, and maybe you, Sakina, in your... In your show, you need maybe to zoom into that kind of a situation whereby women also are taught and educated to respect the protection that they are offered and not abuse it. The other aspect I would like to highlight, Sakina, quickly, is the issue of the fact that the fact that these incidences are, are, are prevalent in the black community in particular is not a coincidence. We are a broken society, Sakina. Uh, you will know if this thing is happening mostly with, with the community. The, the other communities, they have time to, to groom their children. They have time to, 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 to with their children now and again. We as a black community, most of the time, we are separated from our families. So our children grow with our grandmothers and so on and so on. We don't have that time of trying to instill the discipline that we even want to in our children. So as a result, we find ourselves in this situation. And evidence of this, if you watch your, the program, Utatako, for example, on TV, you will see how broken we are, where the mothers uh, are going to three, four, five people who think they believe they're potentially uh, fathers of their children. Okay, so these Manda. things have, a, have an impact in, in, in our communities. Got you. Thanks for raising that. Colin in Cape Town. Colin, thanks for your patience. Good morning, Zakina. Good morning to your guests. Um, the letter you read, um, I'm quite surprised there's a bit of a contradiction there. Uh, this guy, the anonymous, had such a good qualification, he couldn't get the job on account of a woman getting it. And, and then further down the letter, he said, that's why we'd rather go to prison and study further. Now, tell me something. Who wants to go to prison and study further? in that environment, when you can have free education in a classroom. So these dropouts, these dropouts, they become gangsters, and that is where your raping all comes into, you know? And another thing to do is those 11 guys who raped a pregnant woman. Now, they can't be qualified, high-educated people. Those are dropouts. Dropouts that's got nothing else to do but join gangs and things like that. They, they haven't even got respect for a pregnant woman that's telling you they, aren't, they haven't even got respect for their own mothers that, that gave birth to them. Thank you, Sakina. Well, Colin, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Let me rather let it uh, slide and let others pick up on it because I think there's gross generalization going on there mm-hmm. um, of many kinds. But uh, let some of the other listeners pick up on it and our guests, I'm sure, will respond to it as well. Lee in Vereniging. Thank you for taking my call, Sakina. Two things here. I'm 100% against violence on, on our women. But, but, Sakina, our women should also be asked. Why am I saying that? I did send you an email. I don't know if you got it. I'm busy with the fourth divorce now. I want to speak about all those. I will, I will talk about the last one. 
Uh, just three weeks into 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 the relationship, I explained to this lady, see, due to my job, I will only be able to be with you only one week in a month because that's only when I get an off and come home. She agreed to that. She said she didn't have a problem. Then uh, two years later, I caught a red-handed uh, with my best friend in bed, Sakina. When, uh, uh, when, I, when I went inside now, I just found them red-handed. I went outside, Sakina. When I came back now, I was angry. But now she's fighting back on me now. She's saying, no, you can't even touch me. I have my rights. I can do whatever I want on this world. Now considering, Sakina, how much I have lost in this divorce, how much I work day and night, 24 hours, I'm working for her to survive, only for her to cheat me. After cheating, she's not even apologetic. She's even blaming me. Why am I taking so long at work? It's not my fault. You must be a responsible man, come home all the time. But I explained this thing to you before we got married. Then the second thing, Sakina, it's so, very so, so, concerning so that... So what do you want to do? You know, Sakina, I would like to thank my brother. You know, my brother stood by me. I was angry. Actually, I was planning to kill her. My Why? brother took me for counseling. Why? For what? It's for anger. What? But you made a bad choice. Exactly. That is your poor choice. And and this being divorce number four, I'm sure that it's an option that was Sakina. Listen. Due to the number of divorces I had made, three before. I explained my problem. I know I know the problem is mine. I'm not warm always. So I explained this thing to her only three weeks into the relationship. She agreed and she said she will never hear the problem with that. Only two years later, it's a problem now. She don't even tell me the problem. She only decides to cheat. We're still with my best friend. How am I supposed to take that? I'm at work working for you. You are at home, just seated. I bring money to you, everything I do for you, only to cheat with my best friend. And now you make an excuse of a problem that I told you long ago. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And thanks for tuning in this morning. Wow, I I, I take the note from some of you who say that uh, we should actually uh, do more shows about this, but honing in on different aspects on it. And we certainly will, as uh, Gershwal Brooks was saying, we were going to talk about the death penalty as well and that situation because many of you now outraged calling for that. But let's just take KGM before I get the panel to respond. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to your your panel. Sakina, for, for me, this is the, 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 the crux of the matter. This is very systematic. We took for granted the, 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 the I would say, the tenacity of divide and rule. If, if, if we are to even think about resolving not only this problem, but many problems in our country, but specific to this one, we need to know where what the, the, the root cause of the problem is. And if we're going to talk past the issues and and spin doctors what we say because we want to be politically correct it's not going to help us we we need to be very honest to ourselves as a society as a nation to say did we address the issue of divide and rule and divide and rule was not just political the mistake we are making is we, we are taking our future as a people as a nation and then trusting it in the wrong hands if you look at how our leaders, and I'm not just talking politicians, our leaders in general, how they present themselves, how they handle themselves, how they behave 
in the public domain. And, and mind you, with the young and upcoming looking at them, envying them, uh, t- treating them as role models, why are we acting surprised when we see this, when the chickens are coming home to roost? Let's go back to basics. Let's be honest about our problems. Let's stop spin doctoring the issues. Let's stop politicizing every issue and deal with these issues for the real issues for what they are. Thanks, KGM. Okay, let's get a response. Um, let's start with the MEC. Now, I actually agree with the last uh, with the last speaker. How we behave will actually um, it, 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 it direct or redirect our our society as leaders, as parents. We really need to make sure that we behave in a correct way. You know, if you look at most of the of the crimes that have been committed against women, liqua is a contributing factor. Most, not all of them, liqua and drugs are a contributing uh, factor. And if we can deal with the issue of over-indulgence of people getting involved in, in, in a drunken spree, it's, it's a problem. When they're drunk, they do a lot of, of, of mistakes. But also how we, we guide our children as, as parents. We are no longer responsible for parenting our children. We expect someone else must take responsibility of bringing up our our children. The reason why we uh, re-established uh, FCS was exactly what we were addressing in terms of reopening the the sexual offences offences court. So FCS have got people who are now qualified as forensic detectives and forensic social workers who go out and investigate cases, and in most cases. Uh, they are successful in 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 in, in their uh, investigation, and people are sent to prison for a very long, long time. And we will make sure that some of the courts that we close will definitely be be opened. We do have courts that focuses or specialises in uh, in sexual uh, offences uh, offences in housing, and those courts are actually working and they are available. But the team also is available 24 hours. Those social workers and detectives are available 24 hours. And in most cases, we make sure that they get, we do have a team that is on standby. And when there are such cases, they are available in making sure that they, 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 they deal with the, with the problem. Just to respond to the issue about the girl that was um, attacked, I, I know about uh, the, the one that was in Gauteng. I'm talking about Gauteng. And we are investigating that case. Unfortunately, she's, the one that I know is unable to tell us who are the officers that were responsible. We've looked at the OP book and we called all those officers and we arranged a, 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 a parade and for her to point out who those guys are. And we made sure that she was secured. She couldn't do that. But we're investigating the case and we'll make sure that something is done and we are actually attending to a problem. She is now getting counseling and assistance from Ikaya. I'm not sure of the other one, but if there is someone else, again, I am willing to go in and, and investigate and make sure that the police that are responsible are actually uh, punished because it is wrong mm. for but anyone to... MEC, we're out of time, but I just want to move to the others. But you see, that is part of the problem because now yes. we are investigating uh, the investigators, which is uh, causing a secondary problem because we simply fail to deal with the initial problem properly. Uh, Major General? Thank you, Sakina. Sakina, I just want to reflect on the, the last caller or the second last caller that is angry about what is happening. Can we then say to Mandla this will be blamed on the upbringing 
of an individual who develops anger because of some dysfunctions in his or her uh, own his family. No. And when coming to, to, to the last issue, Sakina, violence against women manifests from unequal power relations between men and women. And that is the thing that we need to address. And it is a social issue that needed to be addressed by, by, by all. As the MEC has rightfully saying, are we doing enough in bringing up our, our children, not only as a parent and a child, but as a society as a whole? I think I will, I will just end it there, but we will, we will investigate any matter that it's not handled properly at the police station. If police have done wrong, we are having a desk that is looking into those matters and to rectify those that have, 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 have transgressed the, the, the processes that were aimed at assisting the victims. Kasho? I think that the, last, the second last call that we just received, the gentleman going through a fourth divorce who wanted to kill his wife at the time they found her cheating with his best friend is part of the problem, or it is symptomatic of the problem. We don't have the right to do that. End the relationship, move on to someone that appreciates you more. I think that also some of the other things that we were talking about, um, well, clearly we need the sexual offences courts. We need better work from the police. And, of course, it's obvious society needs to do better. We need to raise our boys in a better way. And I think that's where I'm going to end it off. That's where, where, um, you know, the South African Human Rights Commission also places the issue. Well, we shall do as you have asked. Uh, We will actually uh, try and hone in on uh, more specifics around this matter. We'll talk about the punitive measures that many of you feel are not adequate at this stage, and hence the call for the death penalty. Well, I'm sure you'll come back to engage us on that. And then, of course, um, as Mandla had pointed out, um, you know, uh, MEC touched on the issue of liquor and drugs, but... The, the problem goes a lot deeper. It's the socioeconomic, uh, the psychosocial issues. There are so many, you know, um, uh, perspectives here that need to be taken into account. And uh, if we're not going to do justice to it, then I don't know what we're doing anyhow. But we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Thanks to our guests this morning and to you and the production team, of course.